Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode as we learn, grow, and flourish together as a community of women. Hi, I'm Angela Shaw, and I'm taking over the Flourish Podcast today, of course, with Penny's permission. Penny asked me to share with you guys just what was on my heart. But before I dive into that, I just wanted to introduce myself. Most of you will recognize my name from the one who emails you from the Network of Related Pastors. I work for NRP handling our communications and conferences, and I love, love, love my job. It is so much fun, and it's such an honor and privilege to be part of what God is doing in and through NRP. I'm also a wife and a mom. My husband and I have been married for 18 years. We have three children. Our oldest is 16 years old. He just turned 16 and got his license, and I am equally excited and terrified. We also have a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. I lead worship at my church. My husband's an elder there, and we serve in a variety of leadership roles. We also own a gym with my sister and brother-in-law. So life is full, and it's fruitful and fun with a little bit of crazy. (laughs) I wouldn't have it any other way, though. As I was thinking through what to share with you guys this week, um, I was had lots and lots of thoughts in my head, but I was praying and really asking the Lord what was on his heart for me to share. And he reminded me of a time when um, I went for a walk and I was praying out loud. I love praying out loud. And I was praying about my marriage, but the Lord asked me a question that literally stopped me. It just, I, I stopped walking as it just, it hit me so hard. He asked me this question. If your marriage was like your relationship with me, would you be satisfied in your marriage? If your marriage was like your relationship with me, would you be satisfied in your marriage? Oh my goodness, that question, I mean, like I said, it just stopped me in my tracks. If my husband pursued me as much as I was pursuing the Lord, would I be satisfied with my marriage? No. Oh my goodness, the answer came so quickly. I didn't have to think hard about it. Absolutely not. I realized and what the Lord was challenging me in is I had a relationship with him. I spent time in the word. I prayed. I pursued him for the most part. But there wasn't intentional, consistent pursuit of nearness to God. It was more like it just as it fit in, as I thought about it as it happened. And that was good, but he was calling me up. He was challenging me to draw near to him, to come closer, to be intentional with it, to be consistent with it. I love the verse from our Flourish Conference from 23, Psalm 73, 28, the nearness of my God is my good. I have lived the fruit of that verse. And so when the Lord challenged me with that, I love the practical. It was like, okay, Lord, I I see where I am and I see where you're calling me deeper. And I love how he gently leads us (laughs) to a deeper place. I just had to figure out how to do that. And so that kind of started me on this um, pursuit of being more intentional and more consistent of pursuing that nearness with the Lord. 
And so the first thing I tackled was time in the word. It was like, okay, I need to figure out how I can be more consistent with this, how this fits into my routine. And our family and our household, we are very routine. We love our plan. We love our routine. It, it just, it makes everything run lovely. And so I thought, okay, well, late afternoon, it's going to be the best time for me to spend time in the Word because I'll be done with work. The kids will be done with homework. I'll be done with any running around for classes or whatever. It won't be time to cook dinner. And so that's when I'm going to do it. You know what? I did a really good job of being consistently inconsistent with that. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, well, that's not working. So how am I going to do this? And I don't love getting up early. I know some people are early morning people, and I am a morning person. I'm just not early morning. And so it, I, I didn't want to get up super early, but I realized the only way to get more things done in a day was to get up early. And when I say early, I mean like 6 a.m. is my early time. 5.30 would be fabulous, but 6 a.m. Is, is about my sweet spot. So I started getting up a little bit earlier, and then I spend time in the Word at the breakfast table. I eat my breakfast, and while I drink my coffee, that is my time in the Word. And my kids are up, and they're making their breakfast, and the kitchen is busy. It can be loud. (laughs) It's, It's where all the stuff is happening in the morning, and that's where I am reading the Word. And at first, that kind of bothered me because it's like, well, this isn't what a quote unquote quiet time is supposed to be like. But I realized I'm going to have many, many years where I can have alone, quiet time in the word. And I'm going to miss the hustle and bustle that happens in the morning. And I love being in the middle of that with my kids. Now, my kids are older, like I said, so they're making their own breakfast and they're old enough to go, okay, mom has her Bible open. So now isn't the time to give the 10 minute version of the crazy dream I had last night. Um, And so I am able to dive in and I am able to spend some time in the word. When mine were younger, it more was a, a verse here and there and you kind of grab on the go. Um, But for me, my practice is I have a chapter that I read every single day in whatever book of the Bible I'm going through, and then a chapter in Psalms. But it's not just reading the Word. Several years ago, Samantha Bryant, a sweet friend from Alabama, was posting on social media the chapter she was reading every day and her takeaways. And I kept looking at that going, I'm not getting that out of the Word. I'm not like, how was she coming up with such deep, rich stuff? And I realized I was just reading the word to read the word to say, okay, I did that today and then move on. And so she really challenged me to dive deeper, to really study, to really squeeze out, to go, what is this saying about God? What is this saying about me? What is this saying about what happened then? What does the Lord have to teach me? If every single word from scripture is God breathed and useful, then I want to get something out of every single word. Now, there are some times where that's a lot easier than other times. And then there are other times where I really lean into the study part of my study Bible. But it's been so fun to sit down and go, okay, I'm not getting up. I'm not moving away from this chapter until I have something to write down. Something that God has shown me. Maybe it's just something um, about his faithfulness 
in that or something that he's challenged me, challenging me in. But I don't get up till I write something down. That has been such a good practice for me and so helpful in this intentional, consistent pursuit of nearness with him. Another part of that has been prayer. That's something that lately in this season of my life, I'm trying to go, okay, Lord, I want to be more consistent with that. I want these pockets of time where I can spend more time in prayer, that it's more than just this passing prayer. And I love just um, being able to redeem remnants of time. You know, I have three kids. We use dishes. I wash a lot of dishes. Even though my kids wash their own dishes, I still do a lot of dishes. I don't know how that happens. Um, But when I wash dishes, that's a great time to pray because my kids know not to come around when I'm washing dishes or they're going to end up helping me. So they pretty much leave me alone. (laughs) One of the things I want to become more consistent about is when I'm in my car alone, praying out loud. Like I said earlier, I love to pray out loud. I think it's because I like to talk. Um, (laughs) But there's something about, I don't know, I don't get so lost in my own thoughts. I don't get distracted as much when I pray out loud. And so that alone car time is great. I don't have a ton of it, but taking hold of that time, redeeming those remnants of time and spending that time in prayer. And for me in this season, that's my time to really pour out my heart to the Lord. And it's amazing how he so quickly just pours back Normally, it's with a perspective shift, because as much as I try to spend time in thankfulness, I always move over to complaining. And so just being honest, that's where I am trying to figure out how to be more consistent with the prayer and spend more time in thankfulness and praise and not so much time whining. Along with this, I have found the joy in journaling. Now, I don't like journaling. I don't like it at all. I think some of it is because I'm not a good speller. And so honestly, putting pen to paper sometimes can be a little laborious. And I get kind of lost in the fact that I never can spell available right, no matter how many times I try to memorize it. Um, But as I have spent time journaling the fruit that has come from it, whether it's just writing down what I get out of the word from my morning time in scripture or pouring out my heart when I'm struggling with something or trying to process something. But more than that, writing down what the Lord gives me, capturing his thoughts. I don't know what it is, but when that pen goes to page, it's like I can hear him more. That's for me where the listening part of praying comes, where that two-way communication, it starts with me pouring out my heart and it ends with me capturing what he's saying. Also, I found journaling to be a a cool record of God's faithfulness. My oldest and my youngest were born super early and had to spend time in the NICU. My youngest was born the earliest, 12 weeks early. She weighed two pounds, four ounces, and spent eight weeks in the NICU. And I learned with my oldest, I didn't capture anything. And so I can't tell you how long it was till he took his first bottle. I know he was in the NICU six weeks. I don't remember how long he was on oxygen. You know, it's your firstborn. It's not supposed to happen that way. So I was just trying to wrap my head around reality. But by the time we got to Emma, I knew the drill and I knew I wanted to capture um, the details of her stay. And so I started doing that. and, And it mainly was just a record of things. But I also had three specific prayer requests, big prayer requests. And 
I was bold enough to write those down. And I was scared to write them down because it felt like once I wrote them down, then they were there. And there were many things that I prayed and asked the Lord for that he said no to, or I'm going to do it this way. And honestly, I don't remember those cool stories of his faithfulness, I'm sure. But the three things that I wrote down, there's something to being able to capture something. And so I wrote down three prayer requests. One, that I would have so much milk that they would tell me to stop bringing in milk to the NICU. I had trouble with milk production, having enough for her. And before she came home, they said, stop bringing milk to the NICU. We have so much that, in fact, we're going to send a bunch back home with you. The second prayer request was that she would be breathing on her own by Christmas. She was born November 19, and um, on Christmas Eve, she came off all oxygen. And the third request was that she would be home by the time she was eight weeks old. I'm logical. So my oldest was born 10 weeks early. He spent six weeks in the NICU. So her being born 12 weeks early, eight weeks in the NICU seemed like good. And she came home on her eight-week birthday. And I'm so thankful that I wrote those things down, that I captured that on paper, because I don't know that I would remember that, but I can look back now and see that history of God's faithfulness. My dad passed away a little over a year ago, and honestly, in my early 40s, I don't know how to process that kind of grief. My dad was a complicated man. We had a complicated relationship, and so there's a lot to process, but it's been through journaling that the Lord has helped me work through that and is helping me. I am not there yet, but as I set aside time to write out where I am, to write out the promises in his word, to write out what he's showing me and teaching me and ministering to my heart. It's been so healing. It's been so good. The joy and the peace that has come, the restoration to things, the way he's helped clean out the cobwebs and the forgiveness that has come has been beautiful. And that has come from putting pen to page and journaling. So my encouragement to you guys is what can you do differently this year in an intentional, consistent pursuit of being near to your God? He loves spending time with you. (laughs) The creator of the universe, the one who knows all things about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. In Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with your love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Your God rejoices over you with gladness. He loves to love on you. He sings over you. He wants to spend time with you. The nearness of him is our good. Lord, I just ask that you will help us in that intentional and consistent pursuit of nearness with you. God, I thank you that your word promises us that as we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. God, I thank you for the treasures that you have that you want to reveal to us as we spend time with you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you already know the remnants of time that we can redeem, the chunks of time that we have to spend with you, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for these ladies and for the amazing things that you have for us this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's been a blast hanging out with you, ladies. Love you.
Thanks for listening to the Flourish podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. For more information about Flourish, our annual conference, or to join our community of women, visit nrpflourish.com. See you next time.